Hey, it's Caleb here, and you are listening to Pretty Bored. So, in this episode, I'm going to be reading again, and I know what you may be thinking. Caleb, you've already read before in the the children's books, and then whatever I read the time before. Oh, the driver... <laughs> The California Driving Handbook. Well, I'm reading again because I enjoy reading, you know, on here. It's nice to read and someone might listen to it. And the ultimate goal is for them to fall asleep. But I know this isn't like a... I already recommended that podcast that that reads um, Bore You to Sleep. Stories for adults, I believe that's what it's called. You should still check them out. It's pretty cool. But I just think it's fun and gives me an excuse to read. Otherwise, I wouldn't really, which is, I know sound is a bad thing to say, but it's, it's true. So, and I have fun doing it. I wouldn't make a whole bad podcast on it because I'd probably run out of things to read. Knowing me, I'd be like, I don't know what to read anymore. So this is just a fun thing to do every now and then, especially when I don't know what to do, but I still want to do something for you for my podcast but first let me tell you a little bit about my week so i haven't done much this week surprise surprise but i did go to school for registration and take my id photos and give them all my papers and stuff and so now i have my classes and distance learning is right around the corner I also have been just driving around a bunch. Driving is really irritating sometimes because there's so many things to look and pay attention to and and like scan for and think about. And you always have to assume everyone on the road is not gonna do what they're supposed to, which is good because a lot of people don't. But it's, um, it's irritating too. It's like, I'll be driving with my lunch like, Caleb, oh my gosh, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, so. But that's whatever. And also, I've been playing Spider-Man more for my, um, my PS4. I've talked about it in a previous episode. But I'm just continuing to complete all of the side missions and stuff throughout the city until I download the DLC so I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. And I'm really liking it. It's um, it's such a fun game and I really like Spider-Man like as a character, like as a superhero too. He's like, he's pretty cool. So I've just been playing that recently. I'm kind of taking a break from The Sims. Um, the new Nifty Knitting stuff pack came out. I didn't vote for it. People are mad because they, I don't know, the pack's okay. I mean, it adds a new skill and an, an online store where you can sell your craftable items. So it doesn't have to just be knitting, it can be painting, woodworking. Um, if you have spooky, spooky stuff, I think it could be your pumpkin carving too, if you want. Um, if you have eco lifestyle, it could be your dip, your your candles, your your dipped candles, your carved candles, your um, fizzy juices. Yeah, so it can be those items too. So that adds a lot, but some people just didn't want that. They wanted another stuff pack or they didn't like the items that were in there or the colors. 
that they chose. I personally don't like the colors of the items in the in the stuff pack. They're all really pastel and bright, and they can't go in, with a lot of different styles of homes. So, and people are mad when someone talks about how they didn't like what's in the stuff pack. And they're all like, well, it's a community stuff pack. We voted for it. But not everyone voted for what you wanted, you know what I mean? People, Some people didn't even get past the first part where they got to vote the type of pack they wanted. So, and you know what's funny is I went on Twitter because usually the Sims will make a post like, what's your favorite knitting craftable or whatever? And then people in the comments will be like, they're like, what's your favorite part about this stuff pack? And people in the comments will be like, my favorite part is when you added better skin tones for darker Sims. And just things like that. And they're like trashing the Sims. And y'all already know all the drama with the Sims community. If you don't, you should watch my episode. <laughs> Let's talk about the Sims. I That's one of my favorite episodes I've done so far because, like, I really like the Sims and... There's like so much drama around it, it's funny. So yeah, I don't think I'm gonna get that stuff pack. I'll get it when it goes on sale. Um, they just had a big sale where everything was 50% off, so I know they're not gonna have one for a while. Probably not until, I don't know, like September, September maybe, or October, I'm not sure. It'll be a while before they have another sale, but that's the only time I would get it because I don't feel like it's worth $10. Maybe $7.99, but not $10. So, that's that about The Sims. And yeah, so now let's get into this book. It's uh, it's a Stephen King book, a novel, a novella. It's a short story. I mean, not short, but it's not it's like super long. It's a tiny book. Yeah, it's like a hundred and let me see. Come on, I'm trying to get to the last page. It's 146 pages. So it's not an entire novel like some of the Stephen King books I've seen from my mom. This is one of my mom's. She likes Stephen King books. His books are giant, but this one is pretty a nice bite size so I'm gonna read this it's called elevation and to sum it up without giving too much away I mean I can read the description on the side but then you guys might be like I don't want to read listen and talk about read that so basically it's this man who's losing weight but he's not getting any thinner and he doesn't know why and then he has these neighbors who had this restaurant but they are shunned by the community because Deirdre and her wife don't have a lifestyle that the community approves of probably because they're a lesbian couple and blah 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 so it's not a horror story um or like a scary story anything it's kind of like a mystery so uh yeah that's some of it so let's get into it
Okay, so this is Elevation by Stephen King. A lot of pages to turn. Okay. Chapter 1. Losing Weight. Scott Carey knocked on the door of the Ellis condo unit, and Bob Ellis, everyone in Highland Acres, still called him Dr. Bob, although he was five years retired, let him in. Well, Scott, here you are. Ten on the dot. Now what can I do for you? Scott was a big man, six feet, six feet four in his, in his stocking feet, with a bit of a belly growing in front. I'm not sure, probably nothing, but I have a problem. I hope not a big one, but it might be. One you don't want to talk to your regular doctor about? Ellis was 74, with thinning silver hair and a small limp that didn't slow him down much on the tennis court, which was where he and Scott had met and become friends. Not close friends, maybe, but friends, sure enough. Oh, I went, Scott said, and I got a checkup, which was overdue blood work, urine, prostate, the whole nine yards. Everything checked out. Cholesterol a little high, but still in the normal range. It was diabetes I was worried about. Wait, okay, d cut for a minute. Do people say diabetes? I just think that is so weird. Diabetes. <laughs> That's not even how it's spelled. Diabetes. I don't know, it's a weird word. Let let's see how Google pronounces Okay, let's let's type it in. Diabetes pronunciation. Come on. Oh. No, I just want to hear it. Diabetes. See, look how Google says it. Diabetes. So, I don't know why old people say diabetes. Okay, I'm sorry. I was worried. It was diabetes I was worried about. WebMD suggested that was the most likely. Until he knew about the clothes that was. The thing, the thing with the clothes wasn't on any website, medical or otherwise. It certainly had nothing to do with diabetes. Ellis led him into the living room, where a big bay window overlooked the 14th green of the Castle Rock gated community, where he and his wife now lived. Dr. Bob played the occasional round, but mostly stuck to tennis. It was Ellis's wife who enjoyed golf, and Scott suspected that was the reason they were living here, when they weren't spending winters in a similar sports-oriented development in Florida. Ellis said, if you're looking for... Mira, she's at her Methodist women's group. I think that's right, although it might be one of her town committees. Tomorrow she's off to Portland for a meeting of the New England Mycological Society. That woman hops around like a hen on a hot griddle. Take off your coat, sit down, and tell me what's on your mind. Although it was early October and not particularly cold, Scott was wearing a North Face parka. When he took it off and laid it beside him on the sofa, the pockets jingled. Would you like coffee? Tea? I think there's a bre breakfast pastry if... I'm losing weight, S Scott said abruptly. That's what's on, on my mind. 
It's sort of funny, you know, I used to steer clear of the bathroom scale because these last 10 years or so, I haven't been crazy about the news I got from it. Now I'm on it first thing every morning. Alice nodded. I see. No reason for him to avoid the bathroom scale, Scott thought. The man was what his grandmother would have called a, a stuffed string. He'd probably live another 20 years if a wild card didn't come out of the deck. Maybe even make the century. I certainly understand the scale avoidance syndrome. Saw it all the time when I was practicing. I also saw the opposite, compulsive weighing, usually in bulimics and anorexics. You hardly look like one of one of those. He leaned forward, hands clasped between his skinny thighs. You do understand that I'm retired, don't you? I can advise, but I can't prescribe. And my advice will probably be for you to go back to your regular doctor and make a full disclosure. Scott smiled. I suspect my doc would would want me in the hospital for tests right away. And last month, I landed a big job designing interlocking websites for a department store chain. I won't go into details, but it's a plum. I was very fortunate to get the gig. It's a large step up for me, and I can do it without moving out of Castle Rock. That's the beauty of the computer age. But you can't work if you, f if you fall ill, Ellis said. You're a smart guy, Scott. And I'm sure you know that weight loss isn't just a marker for diabetes. It's a marker for cancer, among other things. How much weight are we talking about? 28 pounds? Why did I say like that? 28 pounds. Scott looked out the window and observed white golf carts moving over green grass beneath a blue sky. As a, as a photograph, it would have looked good on the Highland Acres website. He was sure they had one. Everyone did these days. Even roadside side stands selling corn and apples had websites. But he hadn't created it. He had moved on to bigger things. So far. Bob Ellis grinned, showing teeth that were still his own. That's a fair amount, all right. But my guess is you could stand to lose it. You move very well on the tennis court for a big man. And you put in your time on the machines in the health club. But carrying too many pounds puts a strain, not just on the heart, but the whole kit and caboodle. As I'm sure you know from WebMD. He rolled his eyes at this, and Scott smiled. What are you now? Guess, Scott said. Bob laughed. What do you think this is? The, the county fair? I'm fresh out of Cupi dolls. Were you in general practice for what? You were in general practice for what, 35 years? 42. So don't be modest. You weighed thousands of patients thousands of times. Scott stood up, a tall man with a big frame wearing jeans, a flannel shirt, and scuffed up Georgia Giants. He looked more like a woodsman or a horse wrangler than a web designer. Guess my weight. We'll get to my fate later. Dr. Bob cast the eye of a professional up and down Scott Kate carries 76 inches, more like 78, in the boots. He paid particular attention to the curve of belly over the belt and the long thigh muscles built up by leg presses and hack squats on machines Dr. Bob now avoided. Unbutton your shirt and hold it open. Scott did this, revealing a gray tee with 
University of Maine athletic department on the front. Bob saw a broad chest, muscular, but developing those adipose deposits, wise-ass kids like to call mantids. <laughs> I'm going to say, Ellis paused, interested in the challenge now, I'm going to say 235, maybe 240, which means you must have been up around 270 before you started to lose. I must say, you carried it well on the on the tennis court. That much I wouldn't have guessed. Scott remembered how happy he had been when he'd finally mustered the courage to get on the scale earlier this month. Delighted, actually. The steady rate of the weight loss since then was worrisome, yes, but only a little. It was the clothes thing that had changed worry to fright. You didn't need WebMD to tell you that the clothes thing was more strange. Was more than strange. Let me see how to pronounce this word that's coming up. <laughs> um, it's O-U-T-R-E. Oh, great. I had to look up a video. Okay, cool. Outre, French outre. Outre. What the heck does that mean? Usual and startling. Okay. <laughs> um, you didn't need WebMD to tell you that the clothes thing was more than strange. It was fucking outre. Excuse my French. Outside, a golf cart trundled past. In it were two middle-aged men, one in pink pants, one in green, both overweight. Scott thought they would have done themselves some good by ditching the cart and walking their round instead. Scott, Dr. Bob said, are you there or did I lose you? I'm here, Scott said. The last time we played tennis, I did go 240. I know because that was when I finally got on the scale. I decided the time had come to drop a few pounds. I was starting to get all out of breath by the third set. But as of this morning, I weigh 212. He sat down again next to his parka, which gave another jingle. Bob eyed him carefully. You don't look like 212 to me, Scott. Pardon me for saying, but you look quite heavier than that. But healthy? Yes. Not sick. No. Not to look at you, anyway, but... Have you got a scale? I bet you do. Let's check it out. Dr. Bob considered him for a moment, wondering if Scott's actual problem might be in the gray matter above his eyebrows. In his experience, it was mostly women who tended to be neurotic about their weight, but it happened with men too. All right, let's do that. Follow me. Bob led him into a study stocked with bookshelves. There was a framed anatomy chart on one wall and a line of diplomas on another. Scott was staring at the paperweight between Ellis's computer and his printer. Bob followed his gaze and laughed. He picked the skull up off the desk and tossed it to Scott. Plastic rather than bone, so don't worry about dropping it. A gift from my eldest grandson. He's 13, which I think of as the age of tasteless gifts. Stop over here and let's see what we've got. In the corner was a gantry-like scale upon which two weights one big and one little, could be moved until the steel beam balanced. Ellis gave it a pad. 
The only things I keep when I clo—I kept when I closed my office downtown were the anatomy chart on the wall and this. It's a SECA, the finest medical scale ever made, a gift from my wife many ma- years ago, and I be- and believe me when I say no one ever accused her of being tasteless or cheap. Is it accurate? Let's just say if I weighed a 25-pound bag of flour on it and the scale said it weighed 24, I'd go back to Hannaford's and demand a refund. You should take off your boots if you want something close to a true weight. And why did you bring your coat? You'll see. Scott didn't take off his boots, but put the but put the parka on instead, to the tune of more jingling from the pockets. Now not just fully dressed, but dressed for the outside on a day much colder than this one, he stepped on the scale, let a rip. In order to f- allow for the boots and the coat, Bob ran the counterweight all the way to 250, then worked backward, first sliding the weight, then nudging it along. The needle of the balance bar remained grounded at 240 and 230 and 220, which Dr. Bob would have thought impossible. Never mind the coat and boots. Scott Carey simply looked heavier than that. He could have been off in, in his estimate by a few pounds, but he had weighed too many overweight men and women to be this far off. The bar balanced at two, at 212 pounds. I'll be dipped in pitch, Dr. Bob said. I need to have this thing recalibrated. Don't think so, Scott said. He stepped off the scale and put his hands in his coat pockets. From each, he took a fistful of quarters. Been saving these in an antique chamber pot for years. By the time Nora left, it was almost full. I must have five pounds of metal in each pocket, maybe more. Ellis said nothing. He was speechless. Now do you see why I didn't want to go to Dr. Adams? Scott let the coin slide back into his coat pockets with another jolly jingle. Ellis found his voice. Let me be sure I have this right. You're getting the same weight at home? To the pound. My scales and... Azari step on. Maybe not as good as this baby, but I've tested it, and it's accurate. Now watch this. I usually like a little bump and grind music when I strip, but since we've undressed together in the club locker room, I guess I can do without it. Scott took off his parka and hung it on the back of a chair. Then balancing with, with first one hand and then the other on Dr. Bob's desk, he took off his boots. Next came the flannel shirt. He unbuckled his belt, stepped out of his jeans, and stood there in his boxers, t-shirt, and socks. I could chuck these as well, he said, but I think I've taken off enough to make the point. Because, see, this is what scared me. The thing about the clothes. It's why I wanted to talk to a friend who could keep his mouth shut instead of my regular dock. He pointed to the clothes and boots on the floor, then at the parka with its sagging pockets. How much would you say all that stuff weighs? With the coins? At least 14 pounds possibly as much as 18. Do you want to weigh them? No, Scott said. He got back on the scale. There was no need to move the weights. The beam balanced at 212 pounds. Scott dressed and they went back to the living room. Dr. Bob poured them each a tiny knock of Woodford Reserve. And although it was only 10 in the morning, Scott did not refuse. He took his down in a single swallow, and the whiskey lit a comforting fire in his stomach. Ellis took two delicate birdie sips, as if testing the quality, then tossed off the rest. 
It's impossible, you know, he said as he put the empty glass on an end table. Scott nodded. Another reason I didn't want to talk to Dr. Adams. Because it would be in the system, Ellis said. A matter of record. And yes, he'd have insisted you undergo tests in order to find out exactly what's going on with you. Although he didn't say so, Scott thought insisted was too mild. In Dr. Adams's consulting room, the phrase that had popped into his head was taken into custody. That was when he decided to keep his mouth shut and talk to his retired medical friend instead. You look 240, Ellis said. Is that how you feel? Not exactly. I feel a little mm, plotty when I actually did weigh 240. I guess that's not a real word, but it's the best I can do. I think it's a good word, Ellis said, whether it's in the dictionary or not. I wasn't just being overweight, although I knew I was. It wasn't just being overweight, although I knew I was. It was that an age and the divorce, Ellis asked it gently in his most, in his most Dr. Bobbly way. Scott sighed. Sure, that too. It's a cast it's cast a shadow over my life. It's better now, I'm better, but it's still there. Can't lie about that. Physically, though, I never felt bad. Still worked out a little three times a week, never got out of breath until the third set, but just you know, plotty. Now I don't know, or at least not so much. More energy. More energy. Scott considered, then shook his head. Not exactly. It's more like the energy I have goes further. No lethargy? No fatigue? No. No loss of appetite? I eat like a horse. One more question, and you'll pardon me, but I have to ask. Ask away anything. There's no way this is a practical joke, right? Pulling the leg of the old retired sawbones? Absolutely not, Scott said. I guess I don't have to ask if you've ever seen a similar case, but have you ever read about one? Ellis shook his head. Like you, it's the clothes that I keep coming back to, and the quarters in your coat pockets. Join the club, Scott thought. No one weighs the same naked as they do dressed. It's as much as it's a, it's as much a given as gravity. Are there medical websites you can go on to see if there are any other cases like mine, even ones that are sort of similar? I can and will, but I can tell you now that there won't be. Ellis hesitated. This isn't just outside my experience. I'd say it's outside human experience. Hell, I want to say it's impossible, if, that is, your scale of mine weighed true, and I have no reason to believe otherwise. What happened to you, Scott? What, what was this genesis? Did you, I don't know, get ir irradiated by something? Maybe get a lungful of some off-brand bug spray? Think. I have thought. So far as I can tell, there's nothing. But one thing's for sure. I feel better having talked to you. Not just sitting on it. Scott stood up and grabbed his jacket. Where are you going? Home. I've got those websites to work on. It's a big deal. Although, I have to tell you, it doesn't seem quite as big as it did. Ellis walked with him to the, to the door. You say you've noted a steady weight loss, slow but steady. That's right, a pound a day, a pound or so a day. No matter how much you eat, yes, Scott said. And what if it continues? It won't. How can you be sure if it's outside of human experience? 
To this, Dr. Bob had no answer. Wait a minute, I'm sorry. Okay. To keep this doc to this Dr. Bob had no answer. Keep your mouth shut about this, Bob, please. I will if you promise to keep me informed. I'm concerned. That I can do. On the stoop they stood side by side, looking at the day. It was a nice a nice one. Foliage was nearing peak, and the hills were burning with color. Moving from the Moving from the sublime to the ridiculous, Dr. Bob said, How are you doing with the restaurant ladies up the street from you? Heard you were having some problems there. Scott didn't bother asking Alice where, where he had heard this. Castle Rock was a small town, and word got around. It got around faster, he supposed, when a retired doctor's wife was on all sorts of town church committees. If Miss Combe and Miss... Donaldson heard you calling them ladies, you'd be in their black books. And given my current problem, they're not even on my radar. An hour later, Scott sat in his own study, part of a handsome three-decker on Castle View, above the town proper. A pricier address than he had been comfortable with, but Nora had wanted it, and he had wanted Nora. Now she was in Arizona, and he was left with a place that had been too big even when it had been the two of them. Plus the cat, of course. He had an idea she had found it harder to leave Bill than to leave him. Scott recognized that was a little bitchy, but how often the truth was. What is this chapter over? I'm just looking. I'm trying to get to the end of chapter one. Dang. <laughs> okay. Let me read to the end of this um, section here. Okay. In the center of his computer screen, in big letters, were the words, Hoshkist. Hotchild Con draft site for material. Hotch's child Con wasn't the chain he was working for. He had been out of business for for nearly forty years, but with a job as big as this one, it didn't hurt to be mindful of hackers. Hence the pseudonym. When Scott double clicked, a picture of an old timey Hotchild Con department store appeared eventually to be, to be replaced by a much more modern building belonging to the actual company that had hired him. Below this, you bring the inspiration, we bring the rest. It was this toss-off tagline that had actually gotten him the job. Design skills were one thing. Inspiration and clever sloganeering were another. When they came together, you had something special. He, he was special. This was his chance to prove it and he intended to make the most of it. Eventually, he would be working with an ad agency. He understood that, and they would tinker with his lines and graphics, but he thought that slogan would stay. Most of his basic ideas would also stay. They were strong enough to survive a bunch of New York City hotshots. He double-clicked again, and a living room appeared on the screen. It was totally empty. There weren't even light fixtures. Outside the window was a green, a greensward, that just happened to be part of the Highland Acres golf course, where Myra Ellis had played many rounds. 
on a few occasions, is it Mira? I think I said Mira before. Mira's foursome had included Scott's own ex-wife, who was now living and presumably golfing in Flagstaff. Bill D. Cat came in, gave gave a sleepy meow, and rubbed along his leg. Food, son, Scott murmured. Few more minutes, as though a cat had any concept of minutes in particular, or time in general. As if I do, Scott thought, time is invisible, unlike weight. Sometimes I read these sentences with, like, the wrong emphasis on words. Sorry about that. I didn't take the time to study this script. Okay. Ah, but maybe that wasn't true. You could feel weight, yes, when you were carrying too much. It made you plotty. But wasn't it like time? Basically just a human construct? Hands on a clock, numbers on a bathroom scale. Weren't they only ways of trying to measure invisible forces that had invisible effects? A feeble effort to corral some greater reality beyond what mere humans thought of as reality? Let it go. You'll drive yourself bug shit. Bill gave another meow, and Scott returned his attention to the computer screen. Above the barren living room was a search field containing the words, Pick your style. Scott typed in early American, and the screen came to life. Not all at once, but slowly, as if each piece of furniture were being picked out by a careful shopper and added to the whole. Chairs, a sofa, pink walls that were stenciled rather than papered. A Seth Thomas clock. A good wife rag rug on the floor. A fireplace with a small cozy blaze within. The overhead fixture held hurricane lamps on wooden spokes. Those were a little over the top for Scott's taste, but the salespeople he was dealing with loved them and assured Scott that potential customers would too. He could swipe and furnish a parlor, a bedroom, a study, all in, a, all in early American. Or he could return to the search field and furnish those virtual reality rooms in colonial, garrison, craftsman, or cottage style. Today's job, however, was Queen Anne. Scott opened his laptop and began picking out display furniture. 45 minutes later, Bill was, Bill was back, rubbing and meowing more in insistently. Okay, okay, Scott said, and got up. He went into the kitchen, Bill D. Cat leaning the way with, leading the way with his tail up. There was a feline spring in Bill's step, and Scott was damned if he didn't feel pretty springy himself. He dumped friskies into Bill's bowl, and while the, the cat chowed down, he went out on the front porch for a breath of fresh air before, before going back to Selby wing chairs, Winfrey Settees, house high boys, all with the famous Queen Anne legs. He thought it was the kind of furniture you saw in funeral parlors. Heavy shit trying to seem light, but different strokes for different folks. He was in time to see the ladies, as Dr. Bob had called them, coming out of their driveway and turning into, onto View Drive, long legs flashing beneath tiny shorts. Blue for Deirdre McComb, red for Missy Donaldson. They were wearing identical t-shirts, advertising the restaurant they ran downtown on Carbine Street. Following them were their nearly identical boxers, Dumb and D. What Dr. Bob had said as Scott was leaving, probably want wanting no more than to end their meeting on a lighter note, now recurred something about Scott having a little trouble with the restaurant ladies.
which he was. Not a bitter relationship problem or a mysterious weight loss problem, more like a cold sore that wouldn't go away. Deirdre was the really annoying one, always with her faintly superior smile, the one that seemed to say, Lord, help me to bear these fools. Scott made a sudden decision and hustled back to his study, taking a nimble leap over Bill, who was reclining in the hall, and grabbed his tablet. Running back to the porch, he opened the camera app. The porch was screened, which made him which made him hard to see, and the women weren't paying any attention to him anyway. They ran along the packed dirt shoulder on the far side of the drive with their bright white sneakers, scissoring, and their ponytails swinging. The dogs, stocky but still young and plenty athletic, pounded along behind. Scott had visited their home twice on the subject of those dogs, had spoken to Deirdre both times, and had borne that faintly superior smile patiently as she told him she really doubted that their dogs were doing their business on his lawn. Their backyard was fenced, she said, and then in the hour or so each day when they were out, Dee and Dum always accompanied Missy and me on our daily runs. They were very well behaved. I think they must smell my cat, Scott had said. It's a t territorial thing, I get that, and I understand you not wanting to leash them when you run, but I'd appreciate you checking out my lawn when you come back and policing it up if necessary. Policing, Deirdre had said, her smile never wa wavering. <clears throat> Seems a bit militaristic, but maybe that's just me. Whatever you want to call it. Mr. Carey, dogs may be, as you say, doing their business on your lawn, but they're not our dogs. Perhaps it's something else that's concerning you. It wouldn't be a prejudice against same-sex marriage, would it? Scott had almost laughed, which would have been bad. Even Trumpian diplomacy. Not at all. It's a prejudice against not wanting to step in a surprise package left by one of your boxers. Good decision, she had said, still with that smile. Not maddening as she might have hoped, but definitely irritating. And closed the door gently but firmly in his face. With his mysterious weight loss, the farthest thing from his mind for the first time in days, Scott watched the two women running toward him with their dogs, lopping gamely along in their wake. Deirdre and Missy were taking as they were talking as they ran, laughing about something. Their flushed cheeks shone with sweat and good health. The Macomb woman was clearly the better runner of the two, and just as clearly holding back a bit to stay with her partner. They were paying zero attention to the dogs, which was hardly neglect. View Drive wasn't a hotbed of traffic, especially in the middle of the day, and Scott had to admit that the dogs were good about keeping out of the road, and that, at least, they were well trained. Not going to happen today, he thought. It never does when you're prepared. Yet it would be pleasant to wipe that little quirk of a smile off Miss McCombs's, but it didn't happen. First one of the boxers swerved, then the other followed. Dee and Dumb ran onto Scott's lawn and squatted side by side. Scott raised his tablet and snapped three quick photos. Ooh, he caught them. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. That was, you know, this book is pretty interesting. I like it. Okay, so that's where I'm going to end uh, me reading this. I will get back to it. I, I want to finish it. It's not that long. I am going to finish Note to Self for you guys one day, because I want to finish it too. 
Um, oh, excuse me. I don't know if whoever's listening, one of you guys out there might be waiting for me to finish reading that. So I'm going to get to it maybe next episode or maybe the one after that. I can't make any promises, but I'm not, I haven't forgotten about it. I'm not going to never finish it. Yeah, that, okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, wrapping things up, let me give you guys my music recommendation of the week. And so my music recommend- recommendation of the week is um, Tired by Mellow Fellow. Um, yeah, I really like it. It's a nice song. So Mellow Fellow hasn't released any new music recently. Um, he hasn't done it since last year. Which kind of sucks. I mean, I still he's still active on Twitter, so he hasn't like fallen off the face of the earth. But I would really love to get new music from him because I really like what he makes. He's a he's a good artist. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, that's my music recommendation of the week. Tired by Mellow Fellow. So I hope you guys enjoyed listening to me read that. I enjoyed it, and I want to continue it. Maybe I'll do it in the next episode. Keep it like going. You know what I mean? So I don't end up forgetting, not forgetting about it. So I don't end up stopping it, like, um, note to self. But I hope you guys have been having a good week. Um, School's starting back up for me, at least. I don't know what's going on with um, my friends who are doing college. Um, Well, now it's online. Or for those of you who are just, like, going to work or whatever. Because I have friends that are just working now. So, um... Yeah, I hope in these coming weeks as things start to change for us students that you're able to um, still do things to keep you busy at home. I know schoolwork is going to be something to keep everyone busy now, but, you know, something fun. Because I think think this semester is going to be different from last semester. Last semester was like, oh, shoot, we need to give them stuff to do. But this semester, the teachers have it planned out more and... They have to give us work at the difficulty level that it's supposed to be and stuff. So it's going to be different. And I'm really going to work hard on keeping myself in a schedule and not putting off my work until the last week, until the last day of the week, because I have a feeling that that's not going to fly this year. So, yeah, I I got a Chromebook from school since my sister is going to be using her laptop so I got a Chromebook from school and I set it all up. And so now I have my new work area at my desk. So what's funny is on the laptop, Bluetooth isn't enabled. It's been turned off, you know, by the administration. But the wireless keyboard and mouse I have aren't Bluetooth. They use a wireless receiver. So it's a little USB. It's like a USB stick, but like one third of the size and you stick it in. And so they're able to transmit the signals between the keyboard and the mouse into the receiver. Um, there's one for the mouse too, so two separate receivers. And so, yeah, that's how I can get with away with using a wireless keyboard and mouse. Um, so I'm glad I have those. <laughs> yeah, so. Anyway, yeah, so I hope you guys um, have a good week this upcoming week or whenever you're listening to this. I hope you have a good day and thank you for taking the time to listen to to listen to me read. So with all that said, I will talk to you guys next week. So 
Oh, oh, one thing. I want to let you guys know before I sign off. On Anchor is this awesome thing called Oops, I accidentally ended the recording. Okay, so on Anchor, there's this awesome thing called um, Messages. You can, if you guys wanted to, you can download the Anchor app. Um, I hope I don't regret saying this because watch me get like... Um, like death threats. Ooh. Imagine. I think I can... I could block them too if I wanted... But, um, where is it? I can add this thing called, um, voice messages. And you guys can make a voice message for me and say something and I can include it in the episode. Um, I imagine I can report them too. So don't, please don't send anything crazy. But I can share you guys my friends that is i can share you guys a link or whoever's listening you can download the anchor app and try it yourself you don't have to have a podcast you can just come on here and um record it i believe that's how it work right that's how it work that's how it works you come on the anchor app here and um, you click on the podcast and you can click you click on it and on their profile page it'll say voice message and you click on there and you can tap to start recording and it'll leave it for me. So I think that'd be really cool if you guys wanted to do it. Just please don't say stupid stuff. I think it would be really cool to hear from my listeners from other countries and if they're still listening and stuff. So yeah, let's hope. Let's hope I don't regret saying this. But um, <laughs> yeah, so thank you guys so much for listening. And I'll talk to you all next week. Also, um, Walmart is the worst store ever. Um, It's so crowded and I hate it. (laughs)